from the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs is brought to you by Top Golf. At every Top Golf, it's about fun, climate-controlled bays, increased safety measures with your choice of games, as well as our sports bar and restaurant. See your local Top Golf location or topgolf.com. Summer skates, shower shoes, and koozies customized for yourself or your entire team. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. From coast to coast and beyond, wherever you need to be, Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos has a destination that suits your style. Jets Pizza. With six different styles of pizza, eight different types of crust, to go with all of our fresh toppings, you can let your pizza cravings run wild. Peterson Toyota. Earning the trust of our loyal customers at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins every day for over 50 years. Metro by T-Mobile. Go to MetroByTMobile.com to find your perfect plan, all of which come with the power of T-Mobile's 5G network. M-Drive. Our boost and burn is specifically designed to help get you active, get lean, and burn fat. Get yours at mdriveformen.com. Drury Inn and Suites. Find out why we say our home is your home. Visit druryhotels.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Award-winning barbecue for your next catered event, a concert at Allegiant Stadium, or at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Analytics and eyeballs from the Summer Skate Studios is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Jordan McAlpine. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, NCAA hockey fans, as it may be. It's Monday night, which means it's time for analytics and eyeballs. No Jordan tonight. Uh, he's got some things he had to do. So uh, that means I call in my main man, the guy that I can call anytime, anywhere, and he'll answer my bat signal. Nick Maxson is with me. Nick, how are you tonight? And thanks for uh, for volunteering to, to be a guest host. Doing well, Scott. Uh, question is, you know, you keep saying the bat signal. I'm, I'm kind of curious. I mean, I don't know if you've seen me in person. I don't really have a stature that Batman, I think, is used to having. But uh, glad to be glad to be a part of it. It's always a pleasure to be on. Well, I got to send something up because I'm coming to you live from beautiful Laguna Beach, California tonight. I know oh. you're in, uh, in that beautiful, wonderful, warm, hot, sunny state of Minnesota. You know, it's actually been pretty nice lately. Uh, it's been Good. in the 80s. Uh, we finally turned uh, from winter to summer. We kind of skipped spring this year, which happens every now and then. But uh, this is when Minnesota is actually a good time to good time to visit. Not so much if you're a hockey player, uh, but uh, yeah, very much so uh, a good time to be here. Well, I can tell you there is a ton of stuff going on in the hockey world, not only college, but professional as well. That's why I am in... Uh, California, Southern California, is I uh, came out last night to see if the Colorado Eagles could uh, continue their winning streak and eliminate the Ontario Reign, which they did. So that means there's no games Tuesday, no games Wednesday, and the next series won't start till a week from tonight. <laughs> so, no, the and Eagles, believe- the Eagles jumped on yeah. an airplane. They went back to Colorado, but I said, you know what? I'm going to the beach. I'm here. I'm going to take some time and and unwind today. Why not? And I, I believe uh, former St. Cloud State goaltender David Rennick, didn't he play a, a starting role on that game last night, if I'm correct? 
Uh, he did not play last he night. They not. went to Garrett Sparks okay. again, but he did play the first night, and uh, it was it was not David Rennick's fault. But they uh, they got lambasted by Colorado. Colorado uh, Nick is just way too deep. It, it's almost unfair. Um, they are so deep, so talented, and they got great leadership in that room. Uh, I was in the room last night afterwards, and they were having a really good time celebrating the chance at the, to go to the uh, Pacific Division Finals. But they also were keeping it in perspective, knowing that uh, that they weren't done yet. They have two more series to win that Calder Cup, and that's definitely what they're after. No question about it. Uh, and as you mentioned, you know, David Rennick uh, getting his first taste of professional hockey here a little bit. And as you mentioned, uh, pretty comparable to a team we covered here over the last couple of months. And, and the Denver Pioneers, you know, again, depth is huge, especially when it comes playoff time. And uh, for Colorado, definitely an edge as they move forward uh, in their quest for a playoff push as well. Well, I, I did a little Instagram live like I do after every one of these games, and uh, Stephen Marsh joined me, and I told Stephen at the end of the show, I said, do not be surprised if there are three national champions, uh, if you will, in the state of Colorado, because I don't know who's going to stop this Eagles team, and I don't know who's going to stop the Avalanche, and uh, the Pioneers are still celebrating. They're out the Rockies game here this weekend, so I mean, Colorado right now, they're living the life of a top college, uh, college and professional hockey programs. Must be rough. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for us Minnesota sports fans. No, no question about that. Living in constant okay. pain for 31 years, but that's okay. Uh, so so let's, let's tie it back to uh, NCAA hockey since that's what we do. We have eyeballs. We have analytics. Uh, the eyeballs are squarely focused on a new commissioner from the, uh, the NCAA or for the NCHC. And you, somebody you are very, very familiar with being at St. Cloud State. So Heather Weems is the next commissioner. She was introduced today at a formal press conference at the XL Energy Center. Nick, your thoughts on Heather Weems and, and what she brings to the table and her vision for NCHC hockey as you know it. Uh, first of all, couldn't be more excited for, for Heather. Uh, she is an incredible, incredible human being, uh, incredibly invested in athletics. Uh, you know, and I think head coach Brad Larson said it best. I mean, uh, just an incredible advocate for not only college hockey, but all the athletic programs that were at St. Cloud State. Uh, for those who, you know, don't know for sure, uh, St. Cloud is primarily a Division II school. Uh, it's just the men's and women's hockey teams that are in the Division I ranks. And uh, uh, again, uh, Heather Weems uh, has been very gracious with her time that I've got to spend with her. She's got I think three or four kids, all of them are athletes. Uh, Heather Weems is also quite the athlete herself. So it, it kind of runs in her veins. And uh, I'll tell you what, I, I don't know if there would be a different vision, say from, from Josh Fedden, but I think she will continue to walk down a path. I think Josh let, you know, kind of laid down for this conference, which is to be uh, the most competitive, uh, you know, the most talented division in all of college hockey. Uh, and I think she's going to take that torch and run with it. And, you know, with, a lot of the things that the NCC does well, uh, you know, I can only can see what where maybe she takes this conference because, again, it already has a lot of we call eyeballs uh, on this conference, and I can only imagine that more will be will be placed on it with her leadership. She deserves it. She's going to do one heck of a job. Okay, so let me ask you this because you know as well as I know, and everybody listening out there and following college hockey, that there has been an influx of new programs. Um, and, and not only that are made the commitment, but several that are talking about making the commitment. And obviously mm -hmm. what that leads to Nick is uh, 
the requirement to find conferences. We've talked about this a number of times on this show, but it just keeps popping up. Uh, and I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but there was a team that's coming into play, not this season, but next season, that tomorrow is going to make an announcement that they've found a league already, mm-hmm. which leaves several teams that uh, haven't found the league. And, and a couple of the pressing issues with uh, NCHC hockey is there are a couple programs that feel like maybe they need to find a different place to play. So um, from what you know of Heather Weems, and I certainly don't want you to speak for her because you can't do that, but um, uh, from what you know, is, is she happy with the way the conference is now? Is, uh, is she thinking expansion? Is she thinking about moving teams or, or doing different things? Do you know any of that uh, from what your conversations have been with her? I don't, uh, at least from direct conversations, but again, Scott, you alluded to it. Uh, There's a lot of hearsay. There's a lot of rumors about uh, whether it's conference expansion, whether it's conference realignment, and that's not for the NCHC. Uh, We're talking the Big Ten. We're talking the CCHA. We're talking maybe some teams out east that are flip-flopping back and forth. Uh, You know, and, and this is... I don't know if you want to call it. It's a good problem to have in a sense is that we're, we have more teams that are coming in to play college hockey. Uh, you know, obviously there's still some teams out there. Let's just name them, right? The, the Alaska schools, uh, Arizona state being the, probably the biggest one. Uh, and also again, now Alabama Huntsville that just haven't seemed to find a, a dancing partner uh, that they can count on, you know, every single season. Uh, those are still some of the questions that have to be uh, rightfully answered by those programs. And, you, know, you kind of hope with maybe with one movement, and I don't think that the announcement we'll talk about here in a second is necessarily part of the same conversation, uh, but you kind of hope maybe it sparks some conversation that maybe a conference is willing to expand or maybe grab some of these teams. But uh, again, you know, the NCHC, I know from talking to Josh, um, they're in a very good spot financially. Um, you know, as far as other programs and some of the hearsay that's out there, that's yet to be determined. But I think if you were just to look at it from what it is right now, you'd have to be happy with it. But again, as commissioner, you're looking for ways to improve it. You're looking at ways, well, you know, whether expansion makes sense from both, you know, a outreach perspective from growing the game from your bottom line to everything in between, because getting too big can be also a negative too, right, Scott? So we'll see, uh, you know, again, uh, hard to speak for her specifically, but I get the sense that the NCHC has to be happy where it's at or else, you know, why would you leave your job as, you know, with St. Cloud to come onto this if you didn't feel like, hey, it's in a good spot, at least for you. But now you have an opportunity to make it your own vision. And I can't imagine she wants to change much, but we'll see. It's, she's the next uh, person calling the shots. So I'll be curious to see what ideas she has for this conference moving forward. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. And we'll wait. Uh, she officially takes over the role on July 6th. So uh, we will probably have her on a show uh, either just before or just after she gets into uh, her new office. Uh, I'm guessing she's going to Colorado Springs, but I could be wrong. She might be staying in St. Cloud. Who knows? Um, Because the conference is all over, basically. But that's uh, semantics. We'll get into that later. Um, I do want to say, if you're interested in uh, throwing some questions at either myself or at Nick tonight, uh, our new text line is open at 303-943-3772. That's new to Nick. He probably is not uh, familiar with that. But, Nick, we do have a text line now, so people can text I've been following, they, yes. Uh, yeah, if they, they want to find out something on the spot, by all means, send us a text, and we'll try to read them on the air and answer them on the air. If we get them after the show, we still take them, and then we try to answer them on the next show. So uh, we'll get to you. But, uh, again, 303 943 
3772. Okay, so on my way out here, Nick, I said, how am I going to make the most out of this trip? Um, I had a feeling that things were going to go Colorado's way. Um, and I'll tell you why. Uh, and I'm getting back to the AHL here for a minute, folks. So don't don't drift off. I have a point. <laughs> but but here's my <laughs> here's my point. I left uh, Colorado. I flew to Phoenix. Uh, got my rental car. Took care of some personal business and some company business in Arizona. Uh, when I got there on Saturday, uh, was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Um, then I um, drove over here. And before I left. Arizona, I stopped by to look at that, uh, what I'm calling the crowning jewel of college hockey in the West, and that would be the new multi-purpose arena for Arizona State, getting very, very close to being done. I took some video. I climb up to the top of the, the uh, parking garage next door, Nick, so you don't, if you don't know, it's uh, six stories high. So, <laughs> so I get up to the top. I shoot my videos, shoot my still pictures, and uh, try to let everybody know what's happening at Arizona state. It's uh, it's looking really nice. Um, yeah. So nice. Said, even an NHL squad wants to be a part of it, right? <laughs> oh, you had to go there. You had to I go. Had to. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll, uh, what the heck? Let's get to it right now. Uh, there's supposed to be a $20 million annex that's being built uh, to house the Arizona coyotes until they have a permanent home in Arizona. Um, I took pictures of that annex and, um, it, right now, Nick, it's uh, some rebar sticking out of the ground, and it's a cement pillar, which looks an awful lot like a uh, um, an elevator riser, uh, and that's it. So there is a ton of work to do. I know the Coyotes have, have let out plans that they, they think they're going to use the community rink um, to house their, their team and their players until this new annex is done. But um, last week, Paul and I talked about, and he, well, for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about it, but... Um, they have to keep those two entities separate. You can't have professional with NCAA. I'm not sure how much you know about that, but give me your two cents worth. Oh, goodness. Uh, two cents. I could go on with a quarter with this. Uh, okay. A quarter's <laughs> uh, yeah. worth. A quarter's <laughs> worth, yes. So uh, just a little bit extra. Um, first of all, I mean, it's it's a Band-Aid. We've talked about this ad, ad nauseum for, for so long, but you know, it, from what I understand now, officially a three-year deal with Arizona State and, and Phoenix uh, or Arizona for those. Jeez, I'm dating myself now. Uh, but you know, at, <laughs> at, at, the end of it, yeah, at the end of it, yes, uh, it's, it's a Band-Aid over a chopped limb. Uh, it's still not really solving the issues that Arizona has, which is to find a permanent home solution that makes economic and financially sense for the squad uh it's and something where a city or some other entity has control over it whereas they don't get to call their own shots um and we're still waiting if i understand scott we're still waiting on um official word from tempe and whether this uh, uh project has been yet approved or denied and i think it's just about any day we could expect something from them uh at least that's kind of the hope i think from both sides uh, but again, you know, this is merely a stopgap. Um, it, it's for the league. I can't imagine the other 31 owners are, are happy about this in terms of league revenue sharing. Um, you know, the, the so-called proposed ticket prices can't make any Arizona Coyote fan happy. I mean, it, it seems like, pardon the expression, I mean, no disrespect to Arizona. It seems kind of like a circus act. Uh, the way things have been kind of handled. And uh, I'm definitely curious to see how uh, this plays out and, you know, 
when the news of Tempe breaks out, whether it's positive or negative for the Coyotes, how this affects this deal moving forward. Because again, if you don't have a permanent place to go home, there's really no reason for any time to be spending with Arizona State, although they have broken ground in construction. Okay, so let me uh, <laughs> let let me dissect that for you into a few segments. The first segment is, uh, and I have nothing that. Uh, negative to say about the coyotes i'm not gonna i don't want them to leave i don't you know it's, this is not bash a coyotes night what it no. is though is it, arizona state and greg power seven years ago set out to become a um power if you will pardon the pun in um college hockey right he he wanted to build a nice building he wanted to create uh good teams because he thinks like a lot of people think that uh, if you are playing a very strong schedule and you have a very good facility, um, hockey, specifically NCAA hockey, can thrive in the uh, desert southwest. Uh, we had Greg on last Tuesday night. Um, he reiterated that. He also reiterated the fact that uh, immediately they will become a revenue sport, which means that the university will not pay a dime to uh, support the hockey program. In fact, the hockey program will help support other programs. So all of this is happening. And the frustration that I see from this, uh, this whole coyote deal is the fact that uh, I wanted Greg to have his opportunity. Uh, as I mentioned, I was there this weekend, Nick, and that building is built as good a place location wise, as you could find it on a college campus, you know, the size of Arizona state um, it's in the heart of it. The athletic corridor, I call it. And uh, man, oh man, for college hockey, you will not find a better site anywhere. It reminds me an awful lot of North Dakota, with the exception of it being about half the size, and that's for obvious reasons. But um, man, it, they've done a fantastic job. And once they go on in there, so that, you know, once they get in there, they're going to be thriving. I just don't want anything negative to be taken away. And what's happening out there in the world, and you're seeing it is, um, the national media is bashing the Coyotes for, for going into a small building. The other owners are talking about it. The PA has already brought up questions and said that they'll wait and see if a decision will be made one way or the other. Uh, the city of Tempe has called in a, uh, um, a special consulting team to evaluate the proposal. And uh, thus, they have not even put it up for a vote as of yet. I think when Paul comes on for the final 15, um, she'll give us an update on that. But um, so there's a bunch of things, but that's my number one concern is it's taking away from what should be a great celebration of college hockey. Thus, I call it the crowning jewel of college hockey in the West, because there will be nothing like it. I mean, I, I watched uh, Colorado college open up and it's a beautiful facility and was perfect for their campus. This I believe is perfect for Arizona state's campus. And don't forget, Nick, Oregon, San Diego State, UNLV, UCLA, you just name all the schools in the West. They are all looking closely to see how this works out for Arizona State. No question. And yeah, ironically, Scott, you know, whether it's positive or some, I don't know if you want to call it negative publicity, you know, specifically concerning Arizona State, well, when you have a couple of different storylines surrounding uh, you know, the, the essentially the arena, you kind of wonder, you know, is this bringing some attention that maybe a casual 
fan or maybe even a non-hockey fan would be paying attention to if it wasn't that case. So does it help Arizona State that way? It's it's intriguing to me because I'm with you. I, I really do hope that, as you mentioned, that when you open up a building like this with all the leadership that's taken place to get to this point, and it's not just about Arizona State. This is about the expansion and can we say the maybe survival of college hockey in west of the Mississippi? Because uh, when you have, like you mentioned, those colleges paid attention to not only how uh, the surrounding area and how Arizona State is, and it's more than just the excitement and the draw of the game. It's about the financial picture. It's about the longevity of the program uh, and how it can be sustainable economically uh, for the universities. You know, there's a lot of a lot that's writing on this. So, you know, I really do hope that it is the storyline does eventually turn into this is a celebration of all the hard work and dedication to the game of hockey, bringing it into, uh, you know, a non-traditional market again, and that hockey continues to expand and grow. Um, that's what you hope this is and not something, as you mentioned, where Arizona is sort of leapfrogging and piggybacking off of this. And, you know, hopefully it's very temporary and hopefully Arizona can figure this out. Uh, but again, it needs to be more about how the Sun Devils are, you know, kind of, you know, pardon the pun, Paul, you know, placing the end of the trident down into the gravel and <laughs> claiming this land um, as college hockey land for those, uh, you know, around here in the western uh, part of the United States. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and here's the difference, right? Um, if, if there's no coyotes in this building, uh, the college hockey world um, and all of national hockey is looking at it and they're saying like, wow, look at what Arizona state's got out there. That is a crowned jewel of college hockey in the West with the coyotes. The, the, the context has been flipped. And now the national hockey people are saying like, how can this professional team play in a 4,700 seat building? How can this team come in there without uh, all the proper protocols that are needed? Um, and how long is this going to last? I mean, let's just uh, throw out a time frame for you. If the city of Tempe voted tonight to pass this, uh, this proposal for the new facility for the Coyotes, it would take a minimum right now of three years and probably more realistically, like seven. And the reason I say that is this is not just a hockey facility going in uh, that's been proposed by the Coyotes in Tempe. It is a whole complex. It's a training center. It's a hotel. It's restaurants. It's shops. Uh, all of these things are going in. So the infrastructure of doing that is going to take some time. Uh, we also know that, that that land is sitting on an old maintenance yard, a maintenance yard that's still being used by the city of Tempe, I believe. So that has to be excavated, uh, excavated, I should say, and, um, and then be approved by the EPA. There's still issues with the airport because it's very close mm -hmm. uh, in proximity. So there's all these things to be jumped over. So when you said you hope it was a temporary solution, we all do. But let's be realistic. This is three, four, maybe five years uh, before they could move to their own facility. And that means, once again, it, it's going to take five years away from, from Arizona State to become the independent college hockey program that they desire to be and that their donor gave them money for. And you kind of wonder, Scott, too, you know, from that same perspective, you know, the deal that we know about is only three years, you know, depending. And I, and I wonder if Arizona State has an out clause in any of this, you know, whether they can simply say, hey, 
get your butts out of Dodge. Um, although when the Coyotes themselves are dropping, what, 20 to $50 million on, uh, you know, those separate dressing rooms and training facilities that they have to add on for this. Um, I think, you know, from the, what do you call it? The political eye that maybe doesn't make sense. But as you mentioned, if it's five to seven years, does that mean that Arizona state is willing to extend the contract? You know, we could get into the NHL and the NHLPA and how they would feel about that. Or, I mean, dare I say, could they go back to Glendale after three years as a temporary thing? I can't see that. Um, <laughs> Let me answer you, that one real quick. Yeah. And then you can finish your yeah. Uh, go ahead. Glendale is, is no longer a hockey facility. They are reconfiguring that Glendale arena to be a concert venue, a more intimate concert venue. They're not going to put ice back in there again, ever. It, that building well, will never, answer. that ever will never, never happen again. So yeah, you're not going back. Okay, your, your option would be um, if something happened at Arizona State, I would guess they would have to look to Tucson. Um, that's uh, more seats. That's probably 6,500, 7,000 you could get in there. But their AHL team is there, so they'd have to find a spot for them. Uh, again, it, I kind of wandered off the path here a little bit because this is a college show, but it, it's so intertwined, and that's a frustrating mm-hmm. part for – for I know me and you and Paul and Steven and everybody that, that loves college hockey is we were waiting for this. I know coach powers was waiting for this for seven years to be their big moment, right? Uh, the schedule they have this year, you being a Minnesota guy, you know, Minnesota's coming down on Thanksgiving weekend, BC, you yes. are coming. Um, they've got a number of high um, blue blood college teams. Minnesota state is coming down in January. Um, so they, they want to show this off. The last thing they want is to bring down Minnesota state for a Friday, Saturday night game, and then have the coyotes play in the afternoon. I mean, come on, come on. That's just not that. That's just not, uh, I don't know. It's just not what they had in mind. And I know they're being, uh, the, the, the great soldiers out there and saying like, Hey, we're, we're willing to help in any way to help hockey, but it's not going to help hockey if there's not a long-term solution. And currently, that's nowhere to be seen. Correct. And, you know, to try to steer the, the ship back on course as, you know, the, the, the prevailing winds have tried to catch the sails, right? Um, <laughs> you know, you know uh, but as you mentioned, it's hard because these two storylines as of right now are very much intertwined. You know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to separate the two. And again, just because the future really of both squads are kind of tied at the hip right now. And it's, I don't think you know any anything anybody intended. Uh, you know, it's it's certainly not. You know, some you know you could argue that the future of the Coyotes uh, is in more dire straits than Arizona State is right now. I think that I could probably say is my opinion. Uh, but no question, this is a fanfare moment. You know, again, uh, in a non traditional market that is Arizona, um, I think that there is sort of this you know celebration that is you know, warranted and especially for the game of hockey and you don't want anything to sour that. And uh, unfortunately with just the way things have transpired, it's going to be very difficult for the casual fan or the viewer to sort of, you know, to kind of separate those two those storylines because already they've been tied together for so long, the better part of almost a year now, Scott. So it's, it's not fair for Arizona state. It really isn't, but I do think that at some point um, Arizona state will, they will get their time in the sun, no pun intended, and they will have plenty to celebrate about and not have any other distractions uh, to worry about. 
Yeah, that's all we can hope for at this point, Nick. And like I said, I, I feel bad for Coach Powers, and he's really been the good soldier in all this to uh, to stand up there because this is something he dreamed of. And anyway, uh, let, let's just move on from that because uh, we're going right. to take a quick break. When we come back from that craziness, let's talk about something that's uh, making waves, if you will, in the right direction, and that being a, a new team that's not even um, going to play this season has already found a home and uh, they're going to be joining a conference that uh, took on a new team last year as well. And I want to ask you being the uh, closer to Minnesota, we're both Minnesota natives, but you've been there uh, more recently than me. So I want to ask you your thoughts when we come back about um, how much money plays a role in this and uh, money and stability. We'll be back in about three minutes to discuss Money and stability. Wow. On uh, analytics and eyeballs in about three minutes. More than 140 live games from the nation's best college hockey conference. Ready for you wherever you are, however you want to watch. Your favorite team is on nchc.tv. On your phone, tablet, or stream to your TV. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. At Behind the Mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment and constantly need to borrow things like tape or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you are fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Make sure that you are always supplied with all of the hockey accessories you need by visiting our stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick, at Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said. It's been running through my head, locked and loaded. Still got it. Still got it. Who's old now? any hockey player in the desert southwest and they'll all tell you the same thing we love going to the rink and sandals now you can show off your game in style with summer skates officially licensed summer skates are comfortable washable and can be designed to show off your fandom bill kessel your guy big william carlson fan or is austin matthews the man have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite nhl player or shout out your own game with your own number Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com.
from the Summer Skate Studios. This is Analytics and Eyeballs. Indeed it is. Analytics and Eyeballs. It's our Monday night staple. Scott Strandy with you today from beautiful Laguna Beach, California. My uh, special co-host, and I'm going to just make him a co-host pretty soon, uh, Nick Maxson joining me <laughs> uh, again. Um, and Nick, before we get started, I want to throw that text line number out there again one more time. It's 303-943-3772. If you're listening live and you want to interjoin or interjoin <laughs> the professional speaker <laughs> tongues everywhere um you can join us on the show ask us some questions leave us a message or whatever and we'll try to answer those questions for you okay uh before we went to break i said we have uh we have some things to discuss it's called money and stability um there's an announcement coming out tomorrow that augustana university will become the ninth member of the ccha we know, Nick, that last year they accepted um, St. Thomas, knowing full well that uh, St. Thomas could not compete for an NCAA championship for, I believe, five years, so four more Correct. years. Um, so here's what we know, and, and we both know this being in Minnesota. Um, there's there's a lot of money at St. Thomas, and there's a lot of money at Augustana. And um, does that create stability, and does that favor – uh, both of those teams, but specifically Augustana, on being able to get into a conference. Now, uh, I'm not saying that's been an issue with other places, but it, it, it seems odd uh, to me that before they're even a year from their season starting and uh, still have a building in progress, that Augustana already has a conference locked in. I, I, it's not weird to me. <laughs> um, we'll put it to you this way. Um, to answer it, what is it stability and, you know, does the money help? Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, you know, if there's anything that the pandemic shook college hockey with it, it showed the enormous expense at, that some of these programs exude on travel uh, and just, you know, some things that essentially are probably going to push what we think would be maybe possibly down the road conference realignment, but that's a, a different conversation for a different day, but uh, St. Thomas again uh, was it six hundred and fifty million dollars in endowment money, um, just a small chunk of change. Uh, Augustana again, um, a new <laughs> yeah. building, and it goes more than that, right, Scott? So, um, kind of to tie this back into Heather Weems and and why I think if there's one area that any college hockey conference, including those in the Midwest here, the NCHC, the CCHA, and you can maybe even throw the Big Ten in there. Uh, but the Big Ten, I think, is further along in terms of the broadcast and the streaming quality and production. I really do think that's the next frontier. Uh, so when you have a new building in, in, in Augustana, St. Thomas, whatever they build, whenever they build it and wherever they build it, you know darn well all the bells and whistles are going to be involved in that arena. Um and for Heather Weems, who was very closely aligned with our broadcast program at St. Cloud um, and really sought to essentially tie those at the hip and uh, one successful program to another, um, I do think that there's a lot to be said about it. Um, I know that Josh Fenton's biggest project and biggest expense and investment was in the NCHC.TV app. And so... I do think that there's a lot to be said with that um, in terms of, you know, what they can bring to the table as far as stability, not only for the school, uh, but also for the conference. And so to me, they go hand in hand. And 
Uh, absolutely. It, it makes total sense to me. This was not a shock by me in, in any stretch of the imagination uh, that August and it was accepted by the CCHA. I think the bigger question is going to be, do they stay there and for how long? Wow. That, that is a good one because uh, I thought that same thing too. I thought maybe they might wait it out a little bit, but I have a feeling that instead of schools looking for a conference, I think Augustana and St. Thomas were schools that were sought after by conferences that uh, they said, Hey, we want to get their hand, our hands on them as quickly as possible. Uh, it could be totally off base on that. I just had that gut feeling that uh, they said, let's lock them up quickly. And now that you bring that up, that is a huge point because um, we know the status. If you look at, uh, and I'll throw out their name, give them a little plug, College Hockey News. I believe they have seven independents listed in their uh, on their webpage, and some of them are not even uh, affiliated yet to to be a part of uh, NCAA Division One hockey. Correct. Um, and, you know, we could even go back to um, the NCHC, right? It was, I believe, Mankato and Bemidji, if I recall, two or three years ago that applied to be a part of the NCHC. And, and those applications were rejected. Now, if I do recall correctly, Scott, it was the essentially the financial picture, the financial statement, you could say, is as a big reason why those applications weren't accepted. Now, whether that has a correlation to directly with the school or what that impact would have on the conference. Obviously, we will never know, but I do feel like the amount of money that both these schools can offer not only provides a sense of security for the conference, but I think it also says, hey, if we want to build, say, our own CCHA app and really drive it home, those broadcasting-type equipment and the people who run it are not cheap, and if you can maybe pluck some of that money from these power schools to kind of lead the charge. Uh, yeah, that's a huge advantage that you can have uh, in the streaming world, which as we know day in and day out continues to get more competitive. And for college hockey, it's kind of becoming um, you know, a kind of a race against time and a race against each other. So um, it's going to be a big point of emphasis, I think, moving forward. Well, and that's kind of why I wanted to have you on too tonight was to discuss that because you're familiar uh, very much just fresh out of school with the uh, broadcasting part of it. And, and it is going crazy right now. I mean, uh, it, it's kind of an arms race, if you will, which conference is going to put out the best uh, product. And I know when I talked to Josh at the frozen uh, frozen four, I asked him uh, things that he'd like to see happen um, in the future with the NCH. And he said that was one of the things that they're, dramatically looking at is making some changes, making a little more interactive maybe and tying it in with their website a little bit and their app um, at, at nchc.com or, or whatever that website is. I should know that, but I don't. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> as we, so, so he had those ideas going and um, you can see that from your point, can't you? That uh, there's eyeballs that are looking for places to see a high quality product. And in some places can do it. Everybody can do it right. But some places do it right now better than others, don't they? 100%. Um, even within the NCHC, uh, I, I'm not going to toot St. Cloud's horn too much. Just I kidding. will because I thought you I, I will, a yes. great professional program. Yes. Um, you know, and for those who, who don't know how, I'll, I'll toot it. Let's, let's just go there, right? Um, well, this will be a good lead-in for Paul. Um, we uh, essentially, Bally Sports, if you want to call it, takes a little plug. They 
plug it into the St. Cloud feed, and that's what they broadcast. Every single person from the camera operator to the technical director, the producers, the director, besides one, um, our executive producer, Brian Stanley, um, who has done an incredible job um, of molding us into um, live broadcast television. Everything is student-run. It's unbelievable how good of a job we do. Now, granted, the university also, we don't have that unless we have the full support of St. Cloud State um, and the resources uh, that they pour into that program to ensure that we have as many students um, that can be a part of that. Um, but again, it's, again, all about the, the value of the dollar, Scott. And, and these broadcasts, as I mentioned before, they, they don't come cheap. So you, you kind of wonder, and, and I'm almost curious as, you know, does a conference like the NCHC, the CCA, do they build something to a point where does a network or does a, another firm come in and say, hey, we would like to, we like what you're doing. Hey, we can take a lot of the financial strain off of that. Maybe, you know, maybe we offer to, to kind of do the hosting, the technical stuff. But again, revenue, these are big revenue generators for these conferences too, right? So um, it's not as big as I know the NCHC gets the majority of the revenue from the frozen face-off, but you got to wonder um, what the broadcast, if they continue to pull out a good product and you can steal some eyes from across the country, you can't travel, uh, but maybe, you know, again, a lot of hockey recruits are coming, hey, from the, from the desert Southwest, such as Arizona and California, if they have the ability to pay a little bit of money to watch this game and it's a good product, why not? Right. So it's, it's, it, it's a big talk about generating more revenue and it's, it's important that these broadcasts are, on a high quality and are being broadcasted the best way they can be. So it's, it, it is an arms race. And I kind of wonder, um, you know, especially with the two here close to my neck of the woods, you know, if there's going to be a little bit of that friendly competition to try to build off of and who can be the better one as we move forward here, the next five to six years, which I think are going to be very important for college hockey and especially for the broadcast world on top of it. Yeah, well said. Um, normally, we go the last 15 minutes with Paul Hornstein on the final thoughts, but I can see uh, through my uh, my uh, app that he's probably chewing the cord on his microphone uh, to, <laughs> to get going. So, so let's uh, let's bring on Paul Hornstein for the final 15. Um, Paul, final thoughts uh, on what Nick and I have been talking about. Let's start with the uh, the news that there's going to be a new team, a ninth team. Gosh, another odd number. Uh, figures I'm okay. in the CCHA. Oh, fine. <laughs> we That's have it. computers, right, to figure this out? <laughs> how to get a 10th team, you mean, or what? Well, how to figure out a nine-team schedule. We have computers that can do I can do it by hand. <laughs> okay. It's all so about the bye weeks, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, you're going to tell me, I mean, with with the number of teams that are still independent, that they can't fill in those bye week. Oh, come on, stop, stop it. All right, so let's 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 get rid of that. I, I mean, we have it's ridiculous. Oh, you have to have an even number. Why? Just why? Second of all, um, you know, like, if you, this is the first domino. Uh, it's probably a little bit earlier than anybody expected. Nobody should be surprised that the the CCHA uh, is taking in Augustana. Uh, Nick wasn't surprised. Not at all. You shouldn't be. <laughs> now, what was surprising was Nick saying that how long will they stay there? 
<laughs> nice catch. Okay. You were listening. Um, I well, I I try to listen to Nick. <laughs> you'll um, you'll learn to do time, Paul. That's not necessarily the best idea. Well, I've learned in due time not to listen to the other guy with us. So, <laughs> um, uh, and as far as the, the 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 how long they stay there, I don't know why they leave. Except that we know. And, all right, maybe we don't know. Maybe we know is a little too strong. But anybody who is in tune with the college game knows a realignment's coming somewhere. Maybe <laughs> two. Right? I mean, it depends on what happens the first time. But would anybody be shocked if it if it if it happens twice? Well, I certainly wouldn't be shocked at it, but um, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Nick. Uh, we both know, all of all three of us know, that uh, St. Thomas and Augustana are very well financially set. And oh, yeah. uh, a lot of schools, uh, when they come in, and uh, I don't want to name any names, but we know who they are, um, come in and they're a little weak. They maybe just got funding um, by fundraising uh, to, to keep their programs. And they're not the power players to uh, to come into a conference. So no. when when people say why why don't people just let these guys into a conference? Well, I think Augustana Paul and St. Thomas were both teams that were sought after. Who can get them first because of their money and their power? Um, whether they're good on the ice or, or not right now is not really the issue. It's like let's get them because they've got a ton of money and a ton of facilities. And maybe we can uh, strengthen our conference by having them in ours and not yours. Well, we know that part of the problem with college hockey right now is the 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 lack of good for the game. We understand everybody's got to look out for themselves, but cliches are cliches for a reason. And the cliche, a rising tide lifts all boats, is not exactly unapropos in this situation. Do we want more teams or less? It's a very simple question. If you want to say, if, if you can't immediately just say yes, then you're saying no. And if you're saying yes, but, that's like saying no. Okay, and, and, and we know that others and we know that schools are looking around and trying to change their position, so to speak. So so let me ask you this. I, I, I see what you're saying, and I'm going to revert back to my question and let Nick jump in on this one. Um, was St. Thomas and Augustana sought after by conferences and let, let me just throw some names out there. The two Alaskas and Huntsville, um, they have to bring themselves somewhere to form a conference because they don't have the same assets, I use that term, uh, as the two teams that are in. Because how else do you explain uh, a program coming in, the first one that can't, that's not eligible for another four years to play in the NCAA tournament, and the second one isn't even going to field a team for a year uh, more than a year. 
how how are how are you saying that they can be in a conference, but the two Alaskas, Huntsville, Arizona State, Lindenwood, they have to fight to get into a conference. What why wouldn't why wouldn't the conferences step up and go, hey Lindenwood, you're you're gonna be an NCAA program now? You're gonna play this year? Okay, come join us. Well, they should. Nick, your thoughts on that? So as as we saw before, it, it's coming down to geography is what it's coming down to. We're, we're seeing a more geographically aligned conference slate. Um, again, why were the two Alaska schools essentially, you know, sort of the you know public enemy number one and two when the WCHA of old after 2013 split up? It was travel. It was cost of travel. And when you talk about the financial picture, you know, effectively they felt like the two Alaska schools were sort of the lead anchors in the boat with paper sales effectively. Um, so you are eliminating two of the biggest issues with Augustana and St. Thomas when they're close by, you don't have to catch on an airplane. You don't have to, you know, travel five hours and expense everything there. You can take a bus and you have two schools that by themselves being private universities, I believe, for both of them, have no issue with the, you know, the, the program being sustainable for being economically, uh, not only just for the school, but also contributing to the conference as well. So, um, you know, the NCHC does have to look past, and I'm not trying to crap on this university, but can you imagine if the NCHC, if there were a conference alignment, don't tell me that Miami University isn't kind of becoming the Alaska schools in that conference right now in terms of, sustainability financially and also just from a competitive standpoint uh and i don't mean this any disrespect to miami but uh, it's it's been a rough go the last couple of years for them and it really has been so i think geography has a big part of it too uh i don't think that's being disrespectful it's just fact um have they had a double digit win season in the last four or five years i don't think so i don't think they have no okay so um, and let's face it, um, programs want to win. And when you're going up there every year, Denver, North Dakota, Minnesota, Duluth, and there's always, there's always that St. Cloud, Cloud State, say it before he punches um, you. Well, whatever. <laughs> um, he'd probably do it anyway, whether I said St. Cloud or not. And there's always that other team oh, that kind of. Wow, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, the the there's always that fifth team that has that two or three year run, right? That say it, that, Colorado that, College coming on, baby. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. Can it happen first, please? It's I coming on, baby. Mayock, it's coming on. Can it happen? First, I got please? I got both pom poms going, a shirt and a oh, cap. My Lord God, uh, <laughs> Omaha had its run. Um, you know, Western Michigan, Western Michigan has just had a run. Uh, so, you know, these other schools, you know, Miami's getting killed. You know, it's hard to go to the boosters to write a check when you're not winning. Let's face it. Okay. That's a, that's a good point. So, so let me throw this point in there then. Um, so, so what's the answer? What's the answer to, to make these guys sustainable if Miami is in a conference, but they're overwhelmed 
and Arizona State would like to be in a conference, but they don't have one. Right. And uh, the two Alaskas would like to be in a conference, but they don't have one. And Lindenwood would like a conference, but they don't have one. And Huntsville won't play until they have a conference and they don't have one. What, what, what do we do as a uh, college hockey community to, to make this um, something that's, that's uh, workable? Well, Nick, I got the answer. The answer is you move everybody to Vegas, you call them the Conference of Misfits, and all of a sudden it's going to be the best college conf- conference in all of college hockey. That's the answer. Uh, How did you know okay. I'm going to Vegas tomorrow? Yeah, right. <laughs> Nick, you, you notice, right, like the, the beach, Vegas, he's running around, they throw out the red carpet and the flower petals at his feet and the whole routine. Sounds like he's okay, got a lot of Caesar. Re- he's got a lot of Caesar rewards for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, no I had to I had to pay for parking last night and I had to pay oh, an exuberant amount of money right. for a hot dog and a diet coke. So yeah, the red carpet was not rolled out last night. It was the red ketchup carpet on the hot dog. That's what that was. Yes. Yeah, that's what that was. But um, <laughs> yeah, right. well, listen, the easy answer and the most difficult answer are exactly the same. And the answer is more teams. Let me let me throw a disagreement in there. I kind of, of I will. agree, more teams. But I think uh, what we've been talking about for a long time is I think these schools that are quote unquote outliers somehow need to be brought together and put into a conference that's not going to overwhelm them. And uh, you, you laughed at me, Paul, last year when I said, "I said it looks like Alaska Fairbanks is going to win the uh, the independent conference, uh, the way things worked out." But don't you think? And, and you and I have said this, and and I've said it that to not in nauseam, I guess. But um, when you look at where uh, Minnesota State was when they jumped to the CCHA, they were a dominant program. They still are. They're a right. perennial Frozen Four team now. And uh, they came into the CCHA and they dominated. And everybody else competed and challenged year after year. But nobody was really disheartened and said, yeah, we're, we're not good enough to compete. But Minnesota State kept winning, kept winning the conference. So my thought is you take Arizona State, you make them the big dogs, right? The new facility, the program that's growing, and, and you make them the leaders of a new conference, quote unquote, the great West college hockey conference. I don't care what you call it, call it whatever you want, but you take those in and you give hope to the schools that need hope because guess why you play college hockey to win a national championship. That's the ultimate goal. If you're playing in an independent league and you know that possibly by December or January, you are not going to have enough games left on your schedule to even be considered for an at-large bid. You, your morale is sunk. Coach Powers talked about that. He talked about how difficult it was to to play the last half of the season, or well, the last third of the season, maybe, knowing that they didn't have a chance at a uh, at a national tournament. So why not take these schools, put them in a conference, at least give them hope of a national of a uh, conference tournament and a chance to go in? And then you take an Arizona State and you say, okay, since you're the big dogs, you you got a little bit of an advantage here. Everybody's going to try to knock you off, but if you do your job, you, you're going to get an auto bid. Uh, that's what needs to happen, in my estimation. Um, yeah, but 
I'm not just looking at it from an Arizona State perspective. Okay. And what happened? You break your glasses or what? No, but we're sitting here <laughs> trying to talk about for the good of college hockey and how to make it, you know, how how to what's going to happen and what has to happen. Um, are there always? I mean, we know that there are there are going to be two more northeast schools with programs, and I and. and and those places as quote-unquote independents, um, at least in the beginning, don't have to go too far for games. So their travel budget's not going to get killed. Okay? But if you get three more teams west of the Mississippi, You now have a chance to have a conference with the Alaska schools and not have it be, or, oh, my God, we have to travel to Alaska. It's so hard. Okay. Um, we talk about it all the time. Uh, if you have those three schools that we name all the time, two Alaska schools and ASU, you have a West Coast Conference. Maybe, maybe because you don't know how the rest of the dominoes fall. Maybe two of the, te- two, the, two of the other teams we already cover say, hmm, okay. Uh, this is going on here and this is going on there. This would be a much better fit for us. Now that becomes an eight-team league, and it's and an then, even number. Yes, well, that's fine. Then, <laughs> then, then you could sit there and say to the CCHA, "Hey guys, we know you've already stabbed them in the back once, but now with Lindenwood, you could add them and Huntsville, and you're only talking about one difficult trip." Right, because how hard is it, Nick? You know better than I would, and you know Scott travels on a different plane than we do. Uh, how hard is it to get from <laughs> Minneapolis to St. Louis? Depending on the airline, it can be quite difficult. Just kidding. Well, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> uh, we've been through this, but yeah. But you know, Paul, I, I think I think it's a marriage of more teams and a marriage of you know, a little bit of what we talked about that, you know, sort of the misfits conference, right? Because when you get say, and I think Oregon is more important in this conversation than I do think San Diego state is, or UCLA. And I say that because if Oregon comes in and you get Arizona and some others, Oregon immediately has a short travel to Alaska. Alaska has a short travel to Oregon. You have now something that says, okay, we like this. And, you know, when you have, I mean, what, let's, let's use Atlantic hockey, for example. I, I'm not trying to throw them under the rust by any means. No, uh, but it. we look at, and we look at that conference and say, okay, one team is going to make the auto bid. It's usually AIC as of recent, and they're going to make the tournament. And maybe they might surprise people. I know they surprised my team. They surprised a lot of people with that. Um, but 
because you have that chance, right? And I think if you get that West Coast college hockey conference and you have teams that like the Alaska schools, like Lindenwood or who, whoever's going to join that, right? They know that it took so much work and just to get to this point that I think there'd be a great mode of support for each other. And again, you get a conference and you get an auto bid, you may shock the world here and there. So I, I think it's a bit of both. I think you do have to get, you know, sort of this predominant, you know, schools that are outliers to come together. But I also think you need, like Paul mentioned, a couple of more teams, form your own conference. And all of a sudden, back to Scott's point, you have something now you can play for. You have something where now you have more of that what's good for the game involved. So I think you solve a couple of issues that way. Um, does that still leave a couple of schools like Huntsville still waving their hand going, hey, guys, what about us down over here? Um, but maybe it's an option. And like you said, maybe it does envelop some more teams uh, or a conference to pick up Alabama Huntsville because it's, like you said, one trip. Hard to say, but I do think that that move out west is key um, to maybe solving some of the problems we've let out. It's, it's a key to a big one. Yeah, I mean, and also, by the way, I want to throw this out there because Scott knows how near and dear this is to my heart. Um, the there is no question that the streaming stuff in some of these places has to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, too many nights, <laughs> what, for whatever the reason is. Not at Saint Cloud State. Down. That didn't happen there. If the feed goes down. Um, they've got to figure out a way to kind of separate it from the from the damn drumbotrons. <laughs> and and to your point, Paul, I think it comes down to where the conference maybe gets to a point where they say, "This is the app," and maybe part of say your conference fees is may, and, and I'm sure part of it is already for the app, but maybe another part that they add on is we have to make the broadcast here's the requirements for every home broadcast this is what you got to have and whether you you know you hire a company to do it or whether you let valleys or somebody else bid for it but this is the minimum requirements such as you got to have six cameras you got to have a play-by-play and an analyst lauded out da right you got all that um maybe you you just you 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 know you you put it all into us you standardize it and then that way it doesn't matter if St. Claude's at home or if they're on the road, you're seeing the same level of quality broadcast. And again, for the viewer, they're not noticing the difference because they know, hey, if I'm watching in St. Claude's at home, uh, that's a hell of a broadcast. Whereas if I turn on and I want to watch St. Claude, but man, I don't want to watch because when they travel out to uh, you, uh, Minnesota Duluth, Jumbotron, that's hard to watch, right? It's and I do think that very hard to watch. And I do think that that, audience for that's going to get louder and more louder again with uh, as things move forward again it just has to improve and and and, and i'll and i'm going to say this too on top of it um, um and and i know that uh, my stance on this is 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 not unknown um but new building I don't want to. I don't want to see these these feeds go down out there in Cronkite land. <laughs> Not to worry, the Arizona and, Coyotes have stepped in and given you everything you need. 
Yeah. Um, and there's not going to be, you know, I don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me that things are student run. It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, I will say this. Uh, and, and Nick, you might be able to answer this too, because I know what the answer is on my end. And there is no oversight. Supervision. Okay. Not There's that I'm nobody. aware of, right? No. There is nobody in my old neck of the woods that is going over this, and they're supposed to be. And you now have this building, and you better get it right from a, from a streaming standpoint. Um, I believe the CCHA, when they formed their conference, Don Lucia said, hey, we need to have minimum standards for this. Now, I don't know if they all had to be implemented right away. But, and the other thing that especially the streams that don't involve a direct broadcast, like you watch some of the streams in, the streams are picking up the local feed from whatever, you know, broadcast outlet, whether it's a, an RSN or an actual over-the-air station. Okay. When it's not those, these guys behind the microphones have to remember that the, the visiting team's audience is tuning in to watch these games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And Good stuff. And I'm not so just no, talking about so when, no Jack Edwards, huh? <laughs> okay. I, well, I haven't, uh, fortunately, let, let I haven't add, found any of those. Uh, let, let me, thankfully, let, at the college. Let, let me steer it back on track. On well, that I didn't note, know this is what you guys way, talked about, though. We're, we're, I know, but we're way over time. Um, nah, anyway, ten minutes. Um, uh, no, we don't. Uh, we're over over time by a lot. But anyway, um, so I think the two things are well. I'm going to make three quick points. One is the uh, the people that be the powers that be in college hockey need to quit talking and start acting. Yep. That's a thing. Everybody says yes. says a nice. They talk a nice game. Yeah, we want to help. We want to do this. No, no. Stop talking and start working. Start acting. Do something. That's point number one. Number two is. You have to get moving on it quickly because you cannot let your Alaskas and your Lindenwoods and your Robert or your not Robert Morris, but your uh, uh, Huntsville hang hang out to dry because, as you just said, Paul, winning brings checks from boosters, and they can be boosters from any school. So if you have like last year, Alaska Fairbanks had a great run. If they'd have been in a conference, had a chance at a conference tournament, they might have cashed a check at the conference tournament and then guess who would have cashed a check afterwards. So you got to give them an opportunity to make a national tournament. And the third thing is you need that conference for that, but you also need to expand the, the, uh, the NCAA tournament by four teams. You got to have a 20 team tournament so that there are four more spots because one thing we've learned out of the pandemic is there are plenty of players. Just look at the portal. And there are plenty of places that can be very competitive. Just look at the NCHC and you will find teams that deserve to be in the tournament, but don't get there. Uh, IE Arizona state, because there's only 16 spots and you can't deny. And the answer to that is not to go, well, we're only going to take a few from the NCHC. It's going to be a cap. They can only put three in. No, 
the, the tournament is to have the best teams in the country. So open it up. You got 63, four, five, however many teams there are Nobody now. Knows. Give them 20 spots to compete for the national tournament. I don't care how you do it. Just give them 20 spots so that teams have a chance to make it. And then if they are like the AIC and they do pull the upset, then you know what happens. Then, then uh, the boosters look at it and they go, wow, wasn't that a fun trip to the regional? Did you see what our guys did? Here's a check, guys. But, but until that happens, that check is going to be hard to come by. We don't have time for me to respond to this. <laughs> no, you don't. Nick? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's agreed in all that. Again, I think the biggest thing we need is we need the powers that be to, to get moving on this and um, to actually show support in an action way, not just um, word salad. And, and I, I choose those words very carefully because, um, like you said, you know, college hockey, um, you know, could this could be a springboard to a, a good wave of influx of talent and, and interest and intrigue in the game. Um, or you could have this be a springboard in the opposite direction. Um, so you got to put your money where your mouth is and, and take some action and do it now. Very well said. Gentlemen, thank you for a great show. Paul, if you want to take it away and uh, and lead us out of here. Nick, thanks for uh, for always answering my bat signal. Yeah, you are the Batman. Just look up in the sky, those northern lights up there, and you, you'll see the bat signal. Is that what I'm seeing? I thought that, okay. Because there, there, there was an eclipse yesterday, and uh, yeah, I, I was confused. Yeah, that's why I gave you the text. There he was. There we go. From the All right, Paul, take it away. From the Summer Skate Studios, Analytics and Eyeballs has been brought to you by Drury Inns and Suites. Drury Plaza Lake Buena Vista, the newest Disney World hotel, uh, is booking now for stays starting this October at DruryHotels.com. Metro by T-Mobile. Switch to our $60 a month plan, which includes an Amazon Prime membership. To do that, see one of our stores for details. Buy Summer Skates. Whether you use your own name and number or that of your favorite player, show off your game and style personalized shower shoes and koozies see summerskates.com for more information by behind the mask and behind the mask.com no one knows goalies needs better than we do see the website for our three valley locations and more liberty university strengthen your faith and your game at the premier acha m1 program on the east coast at liberty.edu jesse ray's barbecue at 5611 south valley view boulevard in las vegas where our food can be summed up in one word, perfection. By M-Drive, supplements to fuel and refine your drive at mdriveformen.com. Peterson Toyota, our staff at 4455 South College Avenue in Fort Collins, works hard to make sure you get the right car that fits your need, new or pre-owned. Jets Pizza, more than just great pizza. You'll love our wings, sidekicks, and more. Find the location near you at jetspizza.com. And by Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos, where the action is, from the Atlantic to the Pacific and around the world. Once again, our text line number is 1303-943-3772. Send us a message and we'll get to answer your question as soon as possible. Analytics and eyeballs and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, Google Play Store. Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts, analytics, and eyeballs. 
from the Summer Skate Studios as part of the Ice Time Hockey SW.com network. Very well said, my friend. Get back to watching hockey, everybody. The NHL playoffs continue. The AHL playoffs continue. And uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on in college hockey as well. Not on the ice, but off the ice. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow night. Paul and I will have another episode of the uh, College Hockey West Live podcast. And, of course, Wednesday night, Stephen Marsh and I will be back with an ACHA uh, podcast, the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Nick, thanks again for joining us. Always appreciate your insight and your time. And uh, Paul, final thoughts. Great as always. We'll say goodnight with a little Roger Klein of the Peacemakers. Hello, New Day. Good night, everybody. Thanks, Nick. <laughs>